What's up, everybody? It's Judith A. Hope you're listening to Mad Love. I just saw that this episode was unpublished. How can that be? It's from January of this year. Um, so it's not new, but it's new to you. <laughs> I just uh, realized it wasn't published, or if I had published it, I somehow inadvertently unpublished it. So uh, I'm not really sure what's in it. I read uh, the description. Sounds interesting. Listen to a couple minutes, so, uh, you know, I'm just going to roll with it and publish it. Thank you for listening, and thank you to all you new listeners and to my new sponsors. You are appreciated. Take care. What's up, Anchor Fam? This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. And I want to say happy Tuesday. Was good. Hope you had a great day. I was sitting here. I was uh, making dinner that gangster show was on. I think it's called the uh, Gangsters America's Most Evil, something like that. I mean, that's a sinister title, uh, <laughs> but I watch it. I used to watch American Gangster, the TV show, too. But for some reason, after the film, it kind of went away. Uh, I digress. So I was watching the show. Today was highlighting a lady, uh, Mary Valencia, who for a quick second, I thought, wow. She was she was a G, like for real. She was higher up than uh, Griselda Blanco. Like she was she was up there with the men. Like she was a lady kingpin. And for a quick second, I was like, I wonder if Jennifer Lopez wants to work on that with me. <laughs> my film, uh, my film muscles are coming back. The machine is coming back on. I I feel like the time is near. There's an opening for me, and. Uh, I, I've got product. I'm ready to write. Anyway, back to my uh, thought, which is, here's a conundrum. And you know, I like conundrums. I don't talk about them as much as I think about them. My very first Anchor podcast was about the Cosby Show conundrum. Like, you know, you watch the show and then you wonder, like, is he like, did he rape the whole cast? Um, that's a conundrum. Here's another one. America. What? are we to do with these drugs like you hear opioid crisis even though people in the hood been dying from heroin for years or as they call it heroin uh some people call it heroin which cracks me up cuz like how did how, how did you get to that pronunciation um but anyway I digress again cuz that's what I do um here's the here's the conundrum America has an issue with drugs because people like to get fucked up. Sorry, there's no other no other way to put it. I mean, I can't think of the non-cuss word way to say it, and I don't feel like it because there's nothing as... I'm talking about people who straight up, there's no word as strong as fucked up. Like, people who like to get out of their minds high. There And there are a lot of people who like to do that. Then, of course, your body builds up a, a tolerance because this is science. This, these chemicals, things are happening in your body as as you start to do these drugs. And your body's sort of like, hey, let's do that again. And, you know, over and over and over again, at some point, you, you're an addict. Um, so here's my question. How do we fix the conundrum of drugs? Because people like to get fucked up. So what do you do about that? And we're not talking about like, oh, let me just take a take a hit of something. Like I'm talking about people who like to just be blotto 
And that's an issue because there are people out there who love drugs. Chris Rock had a joke about it. I don't, his his jokes are kind of like Dave Chappelle's jokes. They're kind of not really jokes. <laughs> but if you say it in a funny way, uh, you say some serious shit and people laugh. Um, but like that was his joke. Like, you know, people would get high if you could have like a, how do I take a potato and a rusty nail and get fucked up or something like that. You know, it's but it's true. Like the sentiment is true. Like there are people who love drugs. So America, how do we fix the drug problem when we are in complete denial that some people, not all people, but some people really like to get high. That's a conundrum. Another uh, quick point I wanted to make while I, you know, I can't just do one of these. I try to slam them out and get them done. I had a, a kind of a busy day and I meant to podcast earlier. I just didn't get to it. So, you know, that's a day in the life of Judith A. Cole working for myself, trying to build a, a I used to say build an empire, but more than that, I just really want to create the most creative company in the world. That's what I'm striving to do. And with that, we want to make projects that move the people, that make you think, that make you laugh. The music division is completely devoted to um, working with artists who make music because they love music. And then they create it for people who love music in addition to that. So let me say it better. The music division of of Just Media Works is music made by people who love music for people who love music. It defies genres. We had a call in the other day. Oh, you play all kinds of music. Well, my company also makes all kinds of music. I work with young and old, a mixture of pros and amateurs, and we come together with ideas and concepts, and we make music based off of the things that we love, the sounds that we love. So, you know, I'm completely devoted to building the most creative company in the world. That's my goal. We've got the music up and running. It's out in the world. You're about to start hearing it in movies and commercials. We're making licensing deals every day. I'm super excited. You still can go buy it, though, because uh, I'll never say no <laughs> to to cash. We need money to grow. Um, but also I'm, I'm going to start working on my screenwriting again, which I never really stopped, but it's been a minute since I've written a full length screenplay, um, a full length feature screenplay for me. mm, It's been at least two years. Um, and it used to be my obsession, but then like I chronicled, go back and listen to some of these podcasts. I really, um, got out to Los Angeles And the actual film business part of Los Angeles was like, I really wasn't emotionally prepared for that at all. Super like, wait, what? Um, People didn't keep their words. I mean, people talked a lot of shit, you know, it was tough. Um, And I really wasn't savvy enough for that. But I am now. (laughs) And there's a sea change going on, you know, all all of the uh, turmoil and anxiety and the Me Too campaigns and it all matters. And it's exciting because as a woman and as a woman of color, I probably didn't 
go to, you know, hey, this is discrimination as my first uh, line of defense when things weren't going the way I wanted them to in my career. But it it was probably some of that. I definitely know that uh, I had a friend of mine from high school. We partnered on a film that I wrote a long, long time ago. It is entitled Adore. And um, yeah, it's after the Prince song. And that's it's old. Yeah. <laughs> um, so but it's still hot. And I'll tell you what, that screenplay is not young. It is about the average age of an NFL player right now. And I still haven't ever seen that script. Nobody uh, can't, it has even written. It was so far ahead of its time. It hasn't even been done again, done yet. Now, not only has my film not been done, nobody did a version of, of this story. And it's not because it's not hot. But um, it's a great screenplay. It's a great story. It's timeless. And uh, we had everybody lined up, but nobody. We had actors that were in that moment in the mid-90s. They were the hottest actors you could get. Everybody had read the screenplay, and nobody would produce it. And part of me did realize, okay, they're just not trying to give two, you know, 25-year-old black girls money, um, millions of dollars. And at that point, I mean, it would have been like pulling teeth to get like a million dollars to film it. Um, But I got some ideas, and I think I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to pitch it again at least. So uh, wish me luck. Yeah, fuck luck. Let's just get it done. Anchor fam, what's up? This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. And in my haste, I forgot to mention that we are going to be releasing some new music on January 16th, 2018. It is entitled Safe Word. And um, yeah, it's hot. It's a good track. Um, We're excited about it. We think that it uh, conveys some really cool elements in uh, electronic and dance music. Um, basically I put out a directive that I wanted, you know, to something hot. And when we all sat down and listened to it, I was like, dude, I think this should be called, um, Safe Word. I think it was originally titled, um, Madonna School or something. Uh, somebody thought it sounded like a Madonna track, which, um, that's not bad to me. I love Madonna. So I was like, nah, though, that doesn't sound like that. It sounds like, you know safe word which then led me to thinking this would be the track madonna would play on the first day of dominatrix school (laughs) like if she were the professor so if we had money that's what we would make the the video madonna showing these young singers you know how to put it in how to like really be you know i think a lot of today's artists think they're vixens or cutting edge or doing things that people haven't really seen but Madonna really did it in a big, splashy way first. And she was kind of trashy and couture all at the same time. Like, well, she became couture. She wasn't like the, you know, but not like that. No. But by the time she got to Vogue and, you know, by the end of the 80s, she had morphed into like high, high fashion, you know. So anyway, that's the story behind Safe Word. It's a single. It has three different versions. Uh, the Culper Manifest, 
they have their version and then they collaborated with uh dj revica for his version and then we're working with this new group of eclectic hilarious uh kind of hard drinking fun uh <laughs> fun guys that produce more dance oriented music and uh they they are called 87 thieves and so i'm super excited uh to be working with such a fun creative group of people and we hope you dig the record and i think that's it safe word one sixteen eighteen. all right this is my last uh post in terms of talking for the night i'm resurrecting something from my blogging days it's called questions for the universe uh when i was a blogger my name is jess judith and uh this was a pretty popular segment for me and i still have a lot of questions and as you know sometimes i ask and answer (laughs) since it's mostly me by myself on this podcast i i normally ask and answer but these questions are are on my mind right now and you can feel free to uh call in and and share your thoughts on it or you can uh just chill with me and and laugh uh hopefully or shake your head like yeah all right here we go my question for the universe my questions for the universe are as follows why isn't blackish as funny this season as it used to be sorry i know the first episode was kind of heavy but you know that would have been their skill in the past like making kind of depressing stuff hilarious and it's not cracking me up same with big bang theory why isn't big bang theory funny anymore Mm, i don't know maybe it's time to to rethink that one uh it's just not funny all right bad boy records why is anybody surprised that something called bad boy records would produce nothing but prison and debt for its artists and make the owner super wealthy why was that a shock why can't oprah be president like why are people hating of course she can be president we've had trump oprah can be president so now that we've had oscar so white what do we call this campaign oscars no rape i don't know where is kanye west why do people listen to lavar ball he like stop putting the camera in front of him and stop paying him any attention and he might go away it worked with those black eyed people i couldn't stand their records so they're not nobody's talking about them anymore so if you take the camera away they go away why did my nephew have me watching the ball kids playing lithuania for five minutes today uh you know I gotta say, they they look like young men who should still be in school. The one boy should be in high school playing and the other boy should be in college. That's still very young and they need to be doing that. But Lithuania, I mean, no kidding. The the referees had on big baller brand jerseys. So they're doing something over there. I'm not sure if this is legit or if he bought the I don't know what's going on with that. But why did I watch that? Uh, why do people pretend that Two and a Half Men was funny without Charlie Sheen? It wasn't. Why does Charlie Sheen make me sad? He does. Why haven't any black directors been accused of being inappropriate? Don't black actors get harassed? Two very good questions. And the answer is, to the first question is, I don't know. But yeah, black actors do get harassed by black directors and producers. Uh, know that firsthand. And people, you know, eventually will say something. Or is it, is it so racist 
you can't even accuse a black director of being inappropriate with black people or it's a non-story unless it's a black executive or producer harassing a white person i don't know but let's uh get on that because i know there are some harassment in that arena as well and my last and final question for this segment is who do you love me of course i'm judith a cult this is mad love and we got nothing but love for you thanks for playing along please have a wonderful evening take care of yourselves wherever you are be safe and know that you matter to me. I appreciate the call-ins, the, the comments, the energy you guys give me, the fun conversations that this podcast has sparked in my life. Thank you, Gary V, uh, because without him, I wouldn't have even known Anchor existed, and I certainly wouldn't have been doing a podcast. And that is all. Love you. Take care. Hey, Judith, it's Barbara J. Faison of the West Struggle Podcast, listening to you talk about the conundrum of people doing drugs. Think it's simple. People um, are not loving themselves. For me, it's as simple as that. And that's why they make those choices. And they're trying to fill themselves up with something that is not what they're experiencing. And for them, it may be drugs, it may be alcohol, it may be sex, but it's trying to fill a hole in you that is empty and it cannot be filled with something external like drugs or alcohol or food or any of those things that people tend to do that. The second part is I believe that we come here to experience life in different forms and there are people that come here to experience that way of living and that is a way for them to be an example for other people to do or not do what they do. Just a little food for thought this morning. Be well my friend want to thank you Barbara for calling in as usual you uh your voice is just so warm so it always kind of makes me like smile just to hear it it's soothing you should probably do audiobooks i would buy one uh anyway i wanted to uh thank you for calling in but also to your point that's true people are trying to fill things external to them with drugs the uh, numbing pain um Certainly in the black community, I believe a lot of people have mental illness and no one would ever take them to see to get proper medical care. So they self-medicate. And I'm sure that happens in other communities, too. But I I see I see it up close uh, in certain low income communities uh, with people of color. Like you you just shouldn't have mental illness. So no one's going to take you to the doctor to, to see about it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I it's so I, to your point, having said all that, that's why drugs won't ever go away. There are some really, really sad people and there are some really, really hurt people, um, things that happen to them that they couldn't control. They don't know how to fix. And that extends beyond race, uh, gender class everything um there are lots of things that people have in common uh no matter what their background is and and one of those things is pain and um drugs are something for the pain so that to me is where the conundrum comes in there are people who want to get out of here but they don't want to kill themselves even though they are doing that slowly but they are so unhappy that drugs provide something that they think um, he heals them, I guess, or at least takes them out of the pain. 
So I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's it's that's the conundrum. How do you fix the drug problem without fixing people? Thanks for calling in. Appreciate you. Have a great day, friend.